0: Isn't it uh, an interesting time for us all here today, in the land of Episode Twenty, where we are starting off this podcast? And if I sound down and defeated, that's right, I I am a little down and defeated right now. I am am not having a good day. We'll just we'll just go ahead and put it out there that uh, Bambi, aka Jared, your faithful host of this podcast is most definitely not having one of the best Fridays ever. Um so I, I apologize in advance. There there are some heavy topics that we'll be touching on that have really lit my fuse today. Um just simply because of the world massive world events that are going on. But as always, we will jump right into the gaming news to begin with because that's what we do here at Paragaming Productions. We are half news about video games and we are half News about Bambi, a.k.a. Jared. So, Season 4 of Call of Duty is literally right around the frickin' corner. I am actually very, very excited. Uh, there's been some leaked information by way of essentially sports um, about Call of Duty. There's some leaked new weapons, new stuff is always coming out in Call of Duty for their Season 4. I, I like how the, g- the game... I like the seasons. I really do like the seasons, how the seasons really don't don't last for months. You know, it's a quick two or three month turnaround time. And then they're like, hey, new stuff coming out your way. You know, it gives you time to earn it, gives you time to do what you need to do and, and everything else like that. Uh, you know, so season four is almost upon us. I am a faux show going to buy the season four pass if it has enough good stuff that I, I like to see in it. And I will definitely try to burn through it as much as I possibly humanly can to the best of my abilities. Uh, With season four, you know, there's been some new leaked stuff. There's a couple people that seem to be coming out. You know, Captain Price, obviously, is one of the big people that are probably going to come out. Uh, Kyle Garrick is – I forget who Sergeant Kyle Garrick actually was in the game. i got to look him up. I think it was – was it Griggs? Oh, Gaz. Sorry, Gaz. Yeah, Gaz would be cool to see. I'd like them to come out with a few more uh, military slims for the alliance, or allegiance, or wh- whoever the other the other people are, the, uh, the like the Russians and stuff like that. I'd like to see more alliance uh, allegiance individuals for them, just simply because it's you know they 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 pounded them on for you know the for the for the one team fairly heavily with. I think it was three, six, nine. I think it was like nine different characters that you could earn, and I earned them all. And then, you know, there, there seems to be more characters on one side than on the other, so I'm really hoping that they make an adjustment and have more characters come out on the other side. That would be interesting and fun to see. You know, there's uh, new weapons that are coming out. The Chris Vector, the Galil AR. I think it's actually called the Chris Vector. K-R-I-S-S. K-R-I-S-S. Yep, Chris Vector. Um, The Chris Vectors is a a weapon that I really, really liked. I've always kind of had a fascination with it because it seems like they they basically just took a pistol, modified the ever-living hell out of it, and then uh, turned it into a submachine gun. There's a lot of cool stuff with it uh fps russia was one like one of the very first people that introduced me to the chris vector played you know i played a couple of video games with the chris vector into it hickok 45 h-i-c-k-o-k 45 is another youtube channel he's an older gentleman who reviews a lot of weaponry and stuff he does really really cool uh you know he's an older gentleman obviously it's a little bit a little bit different but the you know i'm really looking forward to the chris vector i love my sub. i love my submachine guns i play a lot of hardcore like I say, hardcore is my go-to. So I like how everything is put on the same, you know, same perspective. Because in, in real world, you know, yes, some body armor is rated to seven six two and stuff like that, but if you get hit in the face or you get hit where the body armor technically isn't, you really you know, body armor doesn't really do anything, you know, a nine millimeter is going to do just as much damage as a as a five five six. I mean, if not a little bit more because of the way the bolts are built. But that's a whole other stupid story that we got to go into. Um, they're looking at the Galil AR. The Galil is kind of a, a cool iteration. I am liking the Galil. Uh, the Galil, if no, if people who doesn't know, is an Israeli made uh, assault rifle. Uh, it's very very close relative to the AK forty seven. I mean, the Israelis kind of took a lot of the reason why the Israelis have a lot of interesting weaponry in their arsenals is because they basically took, well, this works amazingly. Let's so let's make it better. That's kind of where the Uzi came from. That's where a lot of cool weapons actually came from. That's where the Tavora, the Tavor, came out too. There's also supposed to be some akimbo blades or dual blades. Uh, there was kind of some hints about uh, akimbo batons like actually running around with an asp baton and stuff like that, smacking people. Um, so there, there's a lot of cool things that are, you know, looking like it, it, it is coming on the way out, you know, to be able to receive stuff and obviously new player maps and everything else like that. So I really cannot wait for Season 4 to drop. Season 4 is supposed to hit, I think, uh, June 2nd. Card Season 4. Oh, of course I didn't hit enter on the right one. Uh, uh, call it season four release date. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. June third. June third. Call of Duty starts everything. I know that this weekend they're actually having a really big like double XP, double XP, double X, uh, double weapon, double um, rank up, and double tier. I finally made it to be my be my little general, brigadier major. I finally made it to major general. I've I earned my two stars. Uh, I wonder where I'm going to drop back down to this, this next time around. I'd love to, uh, you know, I, I like, I like how they do that. I really like how they take you and just drop you, you know, they're like, Oh, congratulations. You're a, you're a captain. Yeah. Now you're a staff Sergeant earn your way back, but it doesn't affect anything. You just, it just keeps building and building and building and building. So I thought that was awesome. I, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, everything that they're doing in Call of Duty, I don't have I don't have much complaints about the way that they're doing a lot of stuff. I think Call of Duty has really become a nice, very well polished video game. I I don't see many things wrong with it at all. So I'm I'm really kind of I'm really enjoying the game and I'm enjoying a lot of what Call of Duty has to offer. There's a lot of fun fun nonsensical bullshit that I get to deal with and ooh, I dropped my first curse word. Only took seven and a half minutes to drop. But yeah, Call of Duty is you know it's out there. It's it's a fun game. They're doing a lot of great things with it. I have zero complaints. And speaking of zero complaints, um, Batman, the Telltale games that I that that that, that I played, uh, Batman: Enemy Within is for the Telltale games. Um, I, I, you know, talking about my last curse word here, I almost went the entire stream in batman enemy within going pc i didn't drop one curse word for i mean the whole stream was like two and a half hours that you know each chapter i didn't i didn't expect the chapters to be that long but each chapter was like two and a half hours long it didn't help that i failed one of the missions but you know each chapter is like two and a half hours long and i cannot believe i didn't drop a curse word that entire time I was able to I was able to keep it semi PC and then at the very end I just kind of lost it and, and dropped the dropped to f-bomb and now I got mark it as explicit and all that <laughs> dumb stuff but you know the, the game itself is actually is actually pretty good the act the action sequences really make you think on your toes you know it, 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 there's a very seamless blend of the action sequences between the other stuff that they're doing so like I I like how they do the action sequences I like a lot of the transitions There are some scenes though that I, some scenes though that I could really do without. I mean, there's like a couple scenes where you know it, I, I, the the Riddler gives you something. Obviously, you saw you know if you see the beginning part of the Enigma, everyone knows who the Riddler is, especially if they've seen the, the one with uh, oh god, what's his name, Jim Carrey in it, you know the Enigma or Enigma, so. I, you you open this this riddle box that that Enigma gives you, or Riddler gives you, and it it makes you do this thing to open, it. it's like if Batman, aka Bruce Wayne, already knew how to open it, why do you need to? I, I, you can just you can just let it play out in front of me. You can just let it play out in front of me. That's t- totally okay. the The game itself, though, like I said, was I was very impressed. I give it an a A minus thus far. I just wish. I just wish that when, I, I, I wish there was like a tutorial that was like, if you hit the Y button, you say, if you say, you say nothing, if you hit the X button, this is something mean, a, you know, like I wish it gave a little bit more in depth because I misinterpreted the meaning behind two, uh, like I wanted to say two things, but the way I thought they would say it is in a different, you know, I wanted to be more, a little empathetic and, you know, just kind of be like, Hey, look, i Right now is not the best time to tell you this information, but I told will tell you this information at a later date. But he's like, huh, not the right time, but I will tell you when you were right. And it's like, no, that's not how I wanted it. To. So it, it kind of made me do some decisions that I wasn't 100% on board with when I got to review everything at the end. But I will say that's pretty awesome. Like I was on par with a lot of stuff up until the very end. Like up until the very end, I was literally choosing everything that everybody else really had done. Like the vast majority of people were choosing what I did, and then at the very end, a lot of people didn't do what I did. A lot of people didn't uh, didn't make the choice that I made. So it, it was it was good. Um, so I'd say for the most most the vast majority of the game was pretty badass. I enjoyed the ever living out of it. It's I would I would say it's definitely worth a watch. Apparently I was pretty funny. But uh, that one viewer that I have, I I think sometimes she's a little weird because it's like you're the only one watching my streams, and obviously you like me for a reason because you're biased. But that's whatever. That's neither here nor there. So I'd say it's it's definitely worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch for sure. If you're uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you are, you'll notice that I'm playing insurgency. I have been I've been getting back into into insurgency for. Uh, quite some time. I, I mean, the the game is just absolutely fun now that they've come out with the custom servers and I can kind of play the way I want to play. And I, I really I, I, there's not much wrong that I can find with the game right now. The only thing that I have to say is I swear to God the AI has even is has gotten even better or I just started to suck. I, I mean, I can't believe how phenomenal some of these some of the AI is right now based off of how many, some of the ways I've died, some of the ways things have happened. I just, I can't, I'm like, holy banana sandwich, Batman. Like th- this is, the AI is pretty damn good. Like I, we used to kind of be able to run through them a little bit. I know that they've kind of cranked up the AI a little bit. I know that with these mod modified servers, you can set the AI to specific difficulties, but I think it's almost like when I used to run with bots on call of duty, where I would place, you know, them at a high tier I'd place like, you know, 15 regular bots and I could smoke all 15, but it'd be a challenge because like if I played four or five bots versus me on regular, I really wouldn't have that much a challenge. But, you know, I turn up, you know, six or seven bots on hardcore and it's really not that much of a challenge anymore. But then I go to hardcore with 10 bots and I'm like, oh, this is actually a challenge now. So I, I think that with a lot of the times with them upping the bot count because usually there's a lot of bots that do actually kind of come in to play when uh, with these modified servers a lot of the modified servers would be like eighty bots fast respawn which by the way fast respawn is amazing when I'm in the mood for the slow methodical military style play I like those military servers but the the quick fast and in your face kind of run and gun style is is more mine is my cup of tea for the insurgency. But I mean like speaking of servers, there is a surfer called the gopher. I'm not hundred percent sure who who had the server. I haven't been able to find it in the past couple of days, but the server was called the gopher. It was so chill. It was so relaxing. The people were so nice. The dudes were so amazing. Like it just the vibe of the whole game was just chill and fun. I spent two hours of playing i it was so goddamn fun to just play with like have you ever gotten with like a group of friends and then you are like hey let's play some halo or let's play n64 or let's do this or let's do that or like hey let's play some goldeneye and the next thing you know it's like four in the morning and the sun is rising and you're like dude where all that time going you had a blast that's what it was like playing on that server it was just absolutely ridiculously awesome and I got my highest kill count. I think I took out 55, 55 insurgents while I was playing a sniper. So I thought that was kind of dope. But I mean that that kind of comes back to, that kind of comes back to something that I always struggle with. Um, do I record all of my sessions, or do I record only when I want to record? I have a little bit of a problem. You gotta remember, I'm not getting paid for this. I don't have a Patreon. I don't have this. I don't have that. And the main people that are really listening to this or that are are watching this are just my friends or people. I you know I don't really know because uh, I mean I had eight listeners on one of my last podcasts. I don't know if the eight listeners stayed through the entire podcast because um, I, I can't trust the analytics sometimes with what some people tell me or you know it's either my friends are lying to me or the statistics are lying to me. And I'm gonna I'm gonna rely heavily on the statistics, but. When I record my 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 video stuff, you know I only have so much memory. I have a a, a two terabyte flash drive, and then my internal st- storage on my computer is about a, a terabyte. I, I have about five terabytes worth of storage that I have available. Um, and each each pot each live stream that I do that I throw up on YouTube, after all editing and everything is all said and done, they're about. 15, uh, 15 gigs, 15 gigs to keep everything. So, I mean, my three and a half hour live stream that I had on Call of Duty the other day when Brandon joined me was a 15 gigabyte finished product with all the editing that I, you know, I don't do much editing for, for the actual, the actual live stream. I should say when I throw it up on YouTube, I literally just add my introduction. I add a couple of, you know, I add a fade in, fade out, and then that's really about it. That's really all that I do. And I just I make sure everything is very high def. Because it when I output the product, you have to output the product in certain modes. And I I kind of do some tweaks and adjustments here and there and stuff like that to make sure that my product is is perfect. So when I actually do the product and I and I make the the streams and I, I edit everything, you know, that can be a lot of storage to, to save some stuff. So, you know, there are some times where I just I don't record. I don't have anything that I play and it's really it's really kind of difficult especially to record too because when I'm recording, you know, do I want to record myself with the camera? Do I just want to record the feed that's in front of me? You know, do I, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? And I I don't get much feedback, so it's really hard for me to you know, really understand if people are really watching it, if people aren't watching it. So, you know, there's a there's a lot of weird feedback that I really don't get that I would really hope to get. So I really struggle. Do I record everything? Do I not record everything? But, you know, in the end, uh, it, it is there as a legacy. You know, even though my legacy is I'm an average gamer, I, I throw it out there to, to make everybody, um, you know, to, to just kind of say, hey, anybody can do this. Anybody can make a YouTube channel, and if you can make two or three people happy at a time, you know, or you even make one person happy for the day, you know, even though they, they maybe watch a live stream of yours, you know, that you threw up on YouTube, uh, you know, three or four months ago, and they watch your content, and you're like, hey, this stuff's amazing, you know, I, I can't believe that, uh, that you do this stuff, and they really like your stuff, and they really enjoy watching you, and they really enjoy seeing your, your gameplay, and it kind of gives them a little bit of comfort, that one person made everything worth it. That one person is the reason why I do it for this, – this is why I do this stuff. So, I mean, if, if there's that one person out there that can really, really like my my stuff and can really enjoy my, my YouTube experience or maybe relive my YouTube shit, dope. I, I did this for them. I did this for those guys. And so, you know, to all the people that actually watch my content and listen to it, again, here's another big thank you. I love your faces. And yes, I'm ripping that off of one of my favorite YouTubers, but he hasn't trademarked it. And I know for a fact he's not going to listen to my podcast. And I know for a fact he's not going to hit me with anything because I don't know if he's really even done anything. So whatever. He can watch. He can learn. He can love. Bite me, Philip DeFranco. Please please don't do anything negative. <laughs> I love your face. I love your show. I love everything about you. Keep doing what you're doing. You're awesome. He makes my day. If you want to get your news through anybody, Philip DeFranco is is a really good choice. He's um I just like how unbiased he is. Well, he's not really unbiased, but he gives you the facts. He gives you his idea, and then he, of course, asks you, you know, what, you know, what do you think and stuff like that. But I don't. I really don't think he reads all five thousand messages that he has. But yeah, Philip DeFranco is a really good person to watch if you uh, need some newsy McNews news. So I mean, now that we've kind of strayed away from the uh, the video games and talking a lot about, uh, you know my personal life and the personal struggles that I have. I redid my apartment again. Uh, this time I I set it up. I actually set it up the original way that I kind of wanted to set up my apartment. I thought that setting up my apartment this very specific way would actually do things. Uh, I, I, I thought setting up my apartment this way would actually make things a lot easier and a lot a lot better is what I thought it would do. Um, with my apartment now I basically uh, shoved myself into a tiny little corner uh, between my couch and the bird pit and then my, my door to my bedroom. I'm talking about this like you guys can freaking see it. Basically, I rearranged my shit and I, I made myself a little cubby out of my living room. And um, the only thing that I'll say is, is worse about this, I need to get me a long HDMI cord because now streaming is... Is I actually got to pick up and move my Xbox. Ex- I actually got to pick up and move my Xbox and make adjustments. So what I'm I'm actually hoping to do is uh, tomorrow I'm gonna try to wake up early and do laundry because I need to do laundry. Um, I should have done laundry on Thursday, but I was a, a lazy garbage individual who decided not to be a productive member of society. So what I want to do is I want to go out and do laundry, and I'm going to try to pick up a couple of things that I that I can have, that I can get to make streaming a little bit more easy. Uh, I'm hoping up to I'm hoping to pick up a couple of uh, like I think I need like a 10 to 15 foot HDMI cable, so that way I can plug my HDMI cable. I can I can just leave everything where it's at, unplug in just you know plug and unplug the the cables and call it a day. That's what I'm hoping I can do, um, but we will see how that works out tomorrow. And I really hope there aren't like 50 million freaking people at Walmart again, because that's that's really gonna upset me. That's really gonna upset me. I hate I hate when there's too many people at Walmart. Walmart just annoys the ever living crap out of me. It's 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 really frustrating. It really is when there's a thousand people at like, okay, we're all working from home. Walmart is technically open. Walmart is technically open till like 7 or 8 o'clock at night I, I forget what it is but it's like how many people can't just do their shopping you know like a normal freaking person you know with all this time off that they have or you know the, the, you have all these days off and all these extra time that you can actually go and do stuff because you're not technically at the office and then everybody crowds in and, and does all that crazy shit uh, you know on Saturday and Sunday it's like you've just totally defeated all the purposes of social distancing and, and, every, and everything else that's going on the hell fellas so i'm hoping that uh that i can i can get what i need tomorrow and uh restock up on food and do all the official stuff that i should have done on thursday done today and i know i know i am part of the problem i am literally the, i literally am that person that i just uh, complained about so we're gonna just kind of breathe over that fact and go ahead and talk about the next subject at hand the next subject at hand is uh I I can't believe I'm actually going to say this, but uh, for all the uh, snowflakeys and very easily offended individuals, this would be a very good time to turn off the podcast. I'm going to talk about a very, very sensitive subject, so I'm going to give you some time to think about uh, if you want to listen to it or not, and um, this is about the death of the individual from the Minneapolis Police Department. So that is what the next topic is going to be. I'm going to come at this from the perspective of a prior law enforcement, especially prior law enforcement from the military with quite a decent amount of training and eight apprehensions under his belt. So that is what we're going to talk about. I'm going to now just leave it for a couple of seconds and let you think if this is something that you want to continue. I will not be mad. I will not I mean, I'm totally going I'm to totally understand if you don't want to listen to what I have to say about things because I'm going to say some stuff that is very un-PC, that is very pro-military, pro-police, but I'm also going to say something that is very pro-people, the people and the rights that they have. So this is going to get very dark and a little a little heavy because I have had to do some things that I'm, I, I haven't done in quite a while. So here is your... As they would say, trigger warning. Now that you've thought about it, good. We're gonna dive right on into it. All right. So, what we're gonna talk about with the with the Minneapolis the Minneapolis thing that's going on? Um, they have officially charged him. I, I believe it is third degree manslaughter, and. Uh, and uh, yeah, third-degree manslaughter and something else. I forget what else they, they charge them with, but we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the situations. Um, we're going to focus on the riots first because I, I want to focus on the riots. Number one, the coronavirus is going on. The coronavirus is, uh, is currently... How do we say... The coronavirus is utterly destroying America... As it stands right now, um, we are number one, as usual, with, <laughs> with with everything that's going on, and we don't want to be number one. We're number one in cases. We're number one in deaths. We're number one in this, number one in that, blah, 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 blah. Don't go out and riot. Don't go out and loot. I'm seeing a lot of misinformation that people share online about Martin Luther King Jr. and what he said. Um, if I can actually remember the clip correctly, which you know what, through the power of editing, I will be right back. All right. Well, I've definitely found it um, with a little bit of research here. So, Do- Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, you know, he he's a he's a very. I don't know. The right, I, I I don't know the right word for who Mr. King was. Just simply because I I had. I had the, the the privilege of growing up the way I did and being able to to not have to worry about the black and white stuff. I, I was able to grow up living in a gray environment where racism and everything like that to me never really touched on a subject. I, I, I've never had to experience racism. I've never had to understand it. and I, I still to this day try to understand what in the devil it is and why people are racist. I, I just I can't I can't understand certain things. And it it really irks my chain. And Mr. King was at the forefront of a lot of amazing things. And I really wish that a lot of things hadn't happened the way that they did. But I I think that Mr. King is just an amazing individual and an all-around awesome person. And the way he spoke really echoed things to me. A lot of people on Facebook have been echoing a lot of what he has been saying. A riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it that America has failed to hear? I had a friend who shared a little gif of uh, Mr. King that was saying a riot is the language of the unheard. Basically, sh- they, were, they were trying to incite the riot is an amazing thing. They're, they're trying to build the riot to something else. Well, here's the problem. About 30-40 seconds later, because I watched the clip, it was a 60 minutes uh, rewind interview that happened. Mr. King goes on to say, and this is quoting him directly here, Let me say, as I've always said, and I will always continue to say, that riots are socially destructive and self-defeating. But in the final analysis, a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it that America has failed to hear? And then he continues to go on to, to other things. But... He says it right there at the very, very beginning that riots are socially destructive and self-defeating. Socially destructive. You have just looted Target stores. You have just looted mom and pop shops. You have just now looted and destroyed these places. For what? I mean, I've seen looting pictures and I'm not even going to say who was looting, but I've seen people loot. Uh, uh for for just some of the dumbest stuff, there there was a guy who in, in a picture was looting a Lego box, a Lego a Lego set to build. There was a gentleman who was looting a nerf gun. There was you know th- this disabled lady who was trying to stop looters and they basically assaulted the hell out of her because she was trying to get them to stop looting. What is looting going to do? what 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 is looting? Why are you looting? Why are you taking stuff? Why are you burning down Target? Target had nothing to do with this. Target had absolutely nothing to do with the reason why this cop, this cop murdered somebody. You know, and I, I'm, and we don't really know the whole story behind the cop being. A, we we really can't even say that he murdered somebody because we really, I, I I mean we don't know the whole story behind everything. And, and that's one of the things that really irks me is that we don't know the story. We only see the beginning portions of it or the ending portions of it. We don't see the body cam footage of what's happening. And this misinformation and this just want to ride and jump in and, 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 and incite this violence against people who had nothing to deal with it or nothing to do with it is flipping insane. Target has nothing to do with it. GameStop has nothing to do with it. This poor disabled lady is standing up to say to the masses, do not be this kind of person. Do not be that that fear-mongering hatred. Control yourselves as a civil person. Control yourself as a real person. And do not sink to this level. And they basically assault her. And they, they basically wanted make her out to be the bad guy because she was trying to get people to act civilly. It's, it's, it's utterly annoying. And, you know, everybody's got to hashtag this and hashtag that. And I'd stand with people. No, you don't. You're, you're not doing anything. What are, what are you doing? You're, you're saying that what, what happened is wrong. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Everybody thinks what happened is incorrect. And everybody thinks what happened was wrong. But here's the problem. What are you doing to change it? You're not doing anything. You're giving a hashtag. You're giving a thoughts and prayers. You're not doing anything. The moment you reach out and you actually become an active participant is the moment that you should be those peaceful protests sitting on a corner holding up signs, not smashing cop cars, not destroying public property, not setting things ablaze, and not being our deviant. Do not incite violence. Do not incite chaos. Incite change, incite thought. But like one of my friends said most recently, a person is smart. I can have a conversation with a person. I can talk to a person. We can discuss details. We can you know, we can build a conversation, we can do this, we can do that. But with people, people are scared little rabbits. And I'm right there with her. I'm right there with her. People are insane. People don't know how to react. People don't—they're—they're they're afraid, and rightfully so, given the given the, the current circumstances and the details. Yeah, be afraid, but be constructive. Don't be chaotic. Don't be crazy. Just, just be you. Incite change like a person—a normal person should. Don't lose your mind and loot and riot does nothing it's very self-destructive it's very chaotic and there's a lot of people that that I was friends with on Facebook that I am I'm no longer friends with online because they want to incite this chaos and they want to incite riots and they want to do this and do that and they think that's going to change no that is the opposite violence begets violence Violence is going to be met with more violent action. It's just a never-ending cycle. The moment that we can change things and the moment we can have constructive conversations is going to be the moment that we can do everything that needs to be done and become a peaceful people and live out our lives. We can end racism. We can. We just need to do something about it. We need to teach the children. That there is no black, there is no white, there is no Chinese, there is no this, there is no Philippine. It, it, we are all people of Earth, and when we, as a society, can come together and say, "That is my brother," "That is my sister," these are people that I live with on this on this planet. We are all in this together. Maybe then, and maybe only then, can we slowly take away that 1950s mentality and strip the boomers and, you know, the old crotchety individuals and then and destroy the KKK and bring back this and bring back that, the Black Panthers should have never formed. The KK should have never formed. All these groups, you, you know, well, I shouldn't even liken the, the KKK to the Black Panthers. The Black Panthers formed like any other society, you know, congregation formed to check the system you know they were really helping the black community and they did a lot of amazing amazing things for the black community that nobody else would because of the the given situation and I think that you know that is amazing we should do we, we should we should have never had to have them come around we should have never had the kKk form there's a massive hate group and how how can people just grow so much hatred in them it's flipping insane all these hate groups and all these groups that are that have formed for protection should have never been should never be it, it, it's just insane how people spread this this crap all over Facebook and just it's it's fear and it's hate and I understand you have a place to vent but do not incite violence do not incite fear incite knowledge Incite empathy, incite compassion, and start a constructive conversation with somebody. That's what you should do. That is what should be done. I, I just, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of, of the the inciting of violence with looting. I mean, again, with the coronavirus, like, are you serious? You're going out, you're being destructive, you're destroying everything. The economy has taken a massive hit people have already taken a massive hit and now you're burning stores you're burning buildings you're burning project housing you're burning all this crazy stuff and you're all out and about some with masks some without masks there was a there was an article today about how there was a covid-19 positive patient who's out at the Ozarks you know with that big massive gathering how many people do you think they infected that second wave that president trump said he's not going to shut America down again for? What do you think is going to happen with that? We have just prolonged and we basically are just totally undoing everything we just did for the coronavirus. A lot of people out with the coronavirus are like, oh my God, we did this all for nothing. No, no, no. That's what was supposed to happen. It should definitely look like we did this all for nothing. That means we did everything correctly. And now we are undoing it because of all this. I get it. I understand you want to do something. I understand the Hong Kong protesters are doing something as well too. But take a look at what they're doing. They ceased until it became safe again, and then they started back up. And now here we are, not even, not even part of it. We on a very small downward hill. And all of a sudden we're back at it. We are. We are just utterly drowning ourselves. And it's 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 not even worth it. It is it's not worth it. Enact change. Change can be enacted in so many different ways. All these crusty old motherfuckers that are sitting in Congress, that have been in Congress for 30, 40 years, vote their dumbasses out. Get the new people in there, get the young blood in there. Yeah, so what? That guy's a liberal. He's 25. He's trying to become something. He's trying to enact change. Give him a shot. Vote for him. Stop voting for the old crusty motherfuckers that have been in there forever and who have no idea what the hell a cell phone is. I mean, shit, did you hear some of that testimony that Mark Zuckerberg had to offer up with to everybody that was on those panels? The, the questions that they asked Mark Zuckerberg about how the internets fucking worked. These are the people running our country. These are the people who are doing it. These crusty old individuals who are around during the 50s, 60s, and 70s. That's when they grew up. Let's get some young blood in there. Let's get some new people in there to enact this change, to enact things that are happening. If we are going to officially revolutionize America and turn it into a country full of love and full of acceptance... And to be truly the greatest nation in America, let's enact some change. And that's a way that we can start. I just, I think that the way that we are going about things is the worst. We are, we are about to, dr- it's like adding a, it's like taking an anvil and, and, and tying it to our ankle and dropping it in the water and wondering why we can't swim to the top of the pool. It's insane with what we're doing right now and how we're doing things. I get it, you have anger. I get it, you have fear. But turn it into something constructive. And don't help drown this nation the way it's already going, especially with the coronavirus, especially with everything else that is going on. We don't need to do this. Actions have reactions. And sometimes the only way that we know how to react is with violence pushing back by the cops. The cops aren't just gonna let you roam the streets and burn shit and, and, and have all this craziness happen. We're not going to they're not going to do that. They're gonna enact martial law and the military might have to do some shit that they don't wanna do because of what's going on. Be peaceful, be quiet, be nice. Let's enact change the best way we know how. Without violence, with love acceptance, and peace. Now on to the very difficult part that comes from a cop perspective. I don't know if anybody's ever actually had any military training. I don't know if anybody's ever done anything with law enforcement. I can tell you I've been on both sides. I've been the good guy and I've been the bad guy in many, many different scenarios. I've been the good guy and in many, many different scenarios, I've been the bad guy. Here's the thing number one rule any cop I have ever encountered, or any military law enforcement, or anybody law enforcement to begin with that I have interacted with, or that I am aware of, or that I know of, if you don't fight a cop, or if you're just nice in general, we're nice right back. We've got a job to do, but that's just it. It's a job. Don't fight the police. Don't cuss the police out. Don't act like a belligerent. Be kind. Be courteous. And just go about it. I cannot tell you how many times I have wanted to write somebody a ticket for the foolishness that they were doing. And because, they're, oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I do apologize. I was, just, I was doing something stupid. da 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 da, da. You know... I gave them warnings. I didn't write them tickets because they were nice to me. They understand I was doing a job. But here's the, here's the number one simple thing. Be a real person. You don't need to be belligerent. You don't need to fight a cop. You don't need to yell at a cop. You don't need to do anything. They're just doing a job. You don't fight a cop, a cop won't fight you. When, when a cop engages, there's an escalation of force is what it's called. With an escalation of force... Basically, the way that it talks about reasonable force is that you apply enough force to make them cease the action that they were doing to cause you to employ the force, and then you quit. Plain and simple. Doesn't matter if you're a felon, doesn't matter if you've only been charged with misdemeanors, doesn't matter if you are just a normal average Joe who's never been in trouble with the law. Do what the cop tells you otherwise their training has to come in there's a really good exam there's a, there, there's two really good examples about about the situation that i'm talking about there was a law enforcement officer who ended up killing an individual this individual was over three times the legal limit of uh, their blood alcohol level was over three times the legal limit after they did some testing The officer was a little ramped up. It was a little bit of a crazy situation from what I saw when I watched the body cam footage. There were many things that he could have done differently, but here's the problem. When you reach for your waistband, I don't know if you know this, but 95% of people that carry a gun on them, their gun's in the waistband. And when you are already not listening to a cop's orders, and when you're already not doing something the cop has asked you to do... And then you reach for your waistband. There's one of two actions that's going to happen. You're either going to get tased. Or you're going to get shot. And with the situation that was happening. He got shot. And Unfortunately the man was killed. And yes I did say unfortunately. Because a life lost is a life lost. And we should never have to lose anybody's life in any line of duty. But the, the reality of the situation is this. You... You do something that we have been taught, that we have been trained in, that we have seen, that has been done and ingrained in our minds after traffic stop, after traffic stop, after situation, after situation, that has been proven to be true in the field, which you know is in real life, in real world, as in our training, we're going to react appropriately. There was, a, uh, there was a reverend that ended up really, really criticizing one of the local law enforcements that he was at. And the local law enforcement invited him to do some training with them. I'll give you, a, I'll give you one guess what happened during that training. Every single scenario that he was in, he would have been sent to jail for excessive force based upon his recommendation for how everything went. He was given the tools, he was given a little bit of training, you know, and uh, I I don't know if he if he said he could do everything better or if he could do you know anything differently or how it all went, but basically every single time he entered into a situation, he didn't know how to react, he didn't know what was going on, and you know, he was one of those people who would, would shit talk and shit talk and shit talk, and then when put to the test, he didn't do very well, he did absolutely horrible. And uh, he had a newfound respect. Because, I mean, there's another video out there that you can actually find where this psychotic Karen charges at a deputy officer. And uh, if the uh, slightly overweight Karen would have uh, ran at the officer any faster, he wouldn't have been able to deploy his taser. People forget how quick things go from absolute silence and nothingness to absolute craziness. I mean, I could tell you story after story after story of how I've seen video after video of just routine things turn into firefights with law enforcement officers. Um, anybody who's ever watched Cops, you know, shit can go sideways real quick, real fast. And yes, less than lethal options are always an option, but here's another thing. Have you ever considered what a taser does to somebody who's on meth or heroin or doped up on marijuana? Have you ever seen the individual that was on PCP that took 50, and I said five zero fifty 50 paintball rounds filled with OC pepper spray and stood there like it was nothing and then egged the police to come on to him? Well, he did get tased and he dropped like a, you know, like a, like a can of tomato. He, he, he dropped pretty freaking fast um, after he got tased. But uh, the individual was on PCP and uh, the paintball rounds that they were shooting at him that were filled with pepper spray didn't affect him. No effect whatsoever. He stood there and said, what you got? So they pulled out a taser and, and tased his ass and he dropped like a can of potatoes. Less than lethal rounds are awesome, but we never know how they're going to react to somebody. Especially given so many different situations, so I mean, less than the lethal's are out there, but you know, that's just some background information uh, about how to deal with the police and what you should do. It doesn't matter if you're right in the right or in the wrong; just listen to what they say. I guarantee you, you know, shit's gonna shit's gonna play out better for you if you just do and comply as they say. So, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that, that kind of came up with you know, a lot of people that were asking about things or they were talking about certain things. Like I said, I've made eight apprehensions. Every single suspect that I've ever dealt with said the handcuffs were too tight. Every single suspect that I had said he was uncomfortable. Every single suspect that I've dealt with has tried in one way, shape, and or form To get out of what the hell they're doing. Or what I'm doing. Or to make it more comfortable with them. Here's the thing. The handcuffs aren't supposed to be so loose that you can get out of them. I had one suspect who tried to run on me. Didn't realize that I had the handcuffs held on nice and tight. So when he tried to run, his face hit the pavement. And he had a bunch of gravel. And then guess what he said? I couldn't breathe as he was struggling to try to get free. Here's the thing. When... When you're being detained, you do exactly as they say. Do not fight the cops because the cops will put you down. And the technique that that officer was using with the knee in the back, I've used that technique very, very effectively on a couple different people. But here's the problem. He did use excessive force. What happens is you drop the knee right where the neck reaches the back and it helps control the suspect. You control the head. You usually control what goes on. And the reason a lot of people were talking about where why are there three different individuals there? Have you ever tried to fight somebody who's in fight or flight mode? Anytime you deal with a cop, you're always in fight or flight mode. I mean, hell, I had a I had a sheriff follow me the other day, and I was breathing heavy, and I was doing, and I felt like I, I felt like I was going to get pulled over. I was doing absolutely nothing wrong. I was doing 35 in a 35 mile an hour zone and I was driving on the right hand side of the road as he passed me. I was doing absolutely nothing wrong. I had my seatbelt on. I had my stereo low. I wasn't even talking on the phone. You know, I was doing everything they were supposed to be doing, but you still get into that fight or flight mode when you're around an officer. I have, I have fought people that I should outweigh, that I should outclass, that I out, that I was stronger than, and I've had them give me a run for my fucking money. When I was when I was fighting them, you know, in in scenarios, there was a there was a little girl that I used to. Well, I shouldn't call her a little girl? There was a member of my of my unit who was like a hundred pounds soaking wet, and when she actually fought me, she outclassed me. Like it was hard to deal with her because she was like Bambi is a two hundred and fifty pound man. I am a hundred pounds and five foot two nothing, and he's six foot. I have to defeat him. So her adrenaline was sky high. Now, to say I wasn't ready for it was, you know, an understatement. I was able to restrain her. I was able to, you know, take her out and, and, you know, do what I needed to do, but I needed backup. And everyone's like, oh, how how did this little 100 pound girl. Have you ever fought somebody who is in fight or flight mode? If you haven't fought anybody who's in fight or flight mode, you have no idea their strength. That's why there were three officers there to restrain them. I've had four individuals on one military member to restrain them. And even then, he still technically wasn't restrained. And we outweighed him. Like, we were all his size and all his strength. You know, we were all very similar to him, but it took four of us to stop him. The thing that that officer did wrong was he left his knee there for too long. But here's the problem. We only saw the video as soon as he said he couldn't breathe and he had stop, he had stopped moving for a little bit. Or... We don't know how long the struggle went on. If you struggle, you're trying to get free, which means you're fighting the officer, which goes back to number one rule. Don't fight the cops. Don't fight law enforcement. He should have lifted his knee, but do you know how many suspects say, the cuffs are too tight, I can't breathe, I can't do this, I can't do that? Watch every goddamn cops. Watch cops. Just watch how many people say shit to try to get out of stuff. I can't tell you how many times people have ran... As, as the cop did what you said, oh man, I can't breathe. The guy takes off. Doesn't matter what color he is. Doesn't matter what race he is. Doesn't matter who they are, male, female, black, white, Asian, Latino. Anybody that tries to take an inch, any officer that gives an inch, the suspect will try to take a mile. You got to remember, these are suspects. They will do anything to get out. They are in fight or flight mode. If you've never been in fight, fight or flight mode or you've never had any training or never been in any of the situations, you need to shut up, sit down, and wait for the rest of the video to come out like the rest of us and let the experts explain to you what the hell's going on. I am by absolutely no means an expert. I've had just enough training to be dangerous with this stuff. I know just enough stuff because I've done it. I've lived it. I've been in it. Just a little bit of an information. I mean, he has been charged, so we don't know. You know, we don't know what's going on. But I'm just saying, you know, we gotta we gotta wait for all of the evidence to come out. One, uh, little Wayne did an interview where he was talking about how we need to wait for all the all the information to come out. We need to be able to see what the officer was saying or what the officer was really doing or what was really happening leading up to this situation. We need to be able to see the whole video and have the esper- experts actually talk it through to see what in the hell actually transpired. If this actually transpired and that happened and everything goes the way I think it might have gone to lead to the situation that they were in, okay, dokey he maybe could be charged with excessive force and involuntary manslaughter yeah because he you know he was technically doing his job he just happened to kill a suspect while in custody which is a real bad fucking thing it's a real fucking horrible tragic thing you know and he should be rightfully charged with it but the problem is is do we err on the side of caution constantly and have shit escalate to higher things more often than not, because we're so afraid of accidentally killing somebody. Or do we take, you know, that little bit, that little bit of extra, you know, hold your knee in their back at just a, a hair longer, you know, an extra five seconds or so once they've calmed down to kind of go, listen, this is where I am. This is what I'm doing. You try it again and I will drop you. You know, it, it, there was this, there was this lieutenant that, uh, that was really, that really got on my nerves. And one of the things that I, I, I kind of liken to it is, uh, it's, not a, it's not a threat, but it's more or less a, uh, if you do this, I'm going to do that. A deterrent. There we go. That's the word that I'm looking for. It's a deterrent. So there's this lieutenant that uh, decided to fuck with me during a uh, exercise. And uh, I had gotten maybe half an hour, two hours of sleep after I'd gotten off of, of midnight shift. And for some dumb fucking reason, they called me in. To finish the exercise out and do what I need to do, I was posted on a, uh, I was posted up on a on a checkpoint, and in that checkpoint, I was supposed to not let anybody through. Doesn't matter who they are or what they have. A lieutenant came up to me and he's like, "I need to come get my mail." I was like, "I don't care." I was like, "You're not you're not going through." He's like, "Do you know who I am?" I was like, "Don't confuse your rank with my badge. Back off." And he basically goes, "I need to get through." I was like, "Okay, here's what's going to happen if you try to go through. I'm going to put your face on the pavement." You're going to eat gravel for, uh, for mail, and then you're going to get to explain to my captain and my sergeant over there why I have handcuffed you, why you're detained, and why you felt it necessary to get the mail to come through. Now, do you want to deal with them or not? I'm on two and a half hours of sleep. I am not in a mood to be trifled with. Try me, lieutenant. And he goes, okay. And he backed off. I told him what was going on. That knee to his back, that's a deterrent. That tells him keep struggling and watch what happens. It's gonna go right back in there, and you're gonna go ahead, and you're gonna feel some pain for a little bit. You're gonna, you know, we're gonna make you stop doing what you were doing to uh, to make the thing happen in the first place. That's a deterrent. He should have picked his knee up. But here's the thing: do we know if he had under any underlying conditions that would have caused him to, to be in that compromising position? And it's really hard for cops for us to tell. Well, if he has any underlying health conditions. Can we really bring him up? Is he gonna but he fought you know the cops had to fight him to get him on the ground to begin with. He was put on the ground for a specific reason. He was struggling with the police officers, and that goes back to rule number one. don't fight the cops. If you're asthmatic or if or if you know that you can't be on the ground for very long or this, that the third, you know, don't fight the cops because that's what that's the number one thing that they do. They put you on the ground to control you. And here's another problem. We don't know if the if the, if the suspect is like, oh, I have asthma. I need to get up. I need to get up. I have asthma. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Is he fucking with you, or does he really not? Is he really not able to breathe? That's the hard part, because every single person, every single suspect that I have ever dealt with, whether it be a real a real world situation or a fake simulation. They've always tried to get out of everything to the best of their abilities. That's that's what every suspect has ever tried to do. There was one suspect out of the eight that didn't fight me. He really didn't fight me, and I was actually kind of surprised um, because he uh, he had written he he had written a little something that made us uh, think that he was going to try to be uh, you know a suicide by a cop. Um, you know just just because he was a little on edge, he uh, he had done something uh, pretty horrible. Um, but you know, it was one of those things where it's like I was surprised that he didn't actually try something. But I mean, think about that: one out of eight didn't try something. What does that tell you? What would you say if one out of eight of your girlfriends or boyfriends cheated on you? You would think that all of everyone's going to cheat on you. It's it's it can be likened to a lot of things, so it's really hard to determine. Are they saying something legitimate, or are they doing this? So, if we err on the side of legitimacy, when does it no longer become an officer's safety? What when is an officer's safety compromised, and when is it okay to let the offender do something? Because I can tell you right now, if we err on the if we err on the side of the suspect or the the individual in custody the vast majority of time, we would have a lot more dead officers. We might also have a lot more dead civilians. It is a very, very fine line that very few are willing to walk. Firefighters, cops, ambulance workers, uh, nurses, doctors, everyone, you know, first responders, there are a lot of people that walk some very, very fine lines and sometimes it is very, very hard for us to to do something that is correct. And yes, there is a saying out there, rather be judged by 12 than carried by 6. Sometimes you got to do what's right for you and you cannot judge one bad apple against many because If you stereotype that one individual, you are no better than the other people being stereotypical. You can't do that. Yes, there are bad officers. Yes, they go unreported. Yes, bad shit happens. But there are a lot of amazing police officers out there that do amazing things on daily basis. Look to Reddit, look to your local news channels. Look to your streets to that officer helping the kid across the street, buying the lemonade from the kid, handing out baseball cards when we were younger. There are so many great police officers that have done some amazing things, and done astonishing things that were outside of the normal line of duty. And then one asshole, because one asshole has something bad happen. There are so many statistics out there that I could throw at you. There are so many things done by by national agencies that are that are. True to such an extent that is insane. There are so many things out there that contradict everything that we see in the media because the media likes to light up firestorms. I guarantee you if we could no longer see black and white and we just saw gray, everybody is a brother and a sister to each other, we wouldn't have these fucking problems. I just... I just wish that this world could be peaceful and we got to start a change somehow. Let's not change it with violence. Let's change it the right way. Be that peaceful, kind change that that I know that everyone can be. I know this is a very heavy topic, but it's just been on my mind lately. And uh, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. If you uh, skipped over it and came to the end, all right. I love you guys. Thank you very much for uh, stopping by and listening to this heavy podcast. I'm saddened by the loss of everyone. But stop rioting. Stop destroying everything we've just worked for with the coronavirus. Stop destroying your city. Be peaceful. Elect new officials. Do peaceful things. Violence begets violence no more this year has been shitty enough let's start it let's start it down a correct trend where everybody can love everybody and we can slowly get back to some sort of normal where we can love and take care of each other and and care for our fellow brothers and sisters in this world i really don't know how to end this podcast i just hope that you guys are safe out there I hope that everyone's doing okay. I love your faces. Later.